right? Meaning to say that uh, never let the dog play until they don't want to don't want to play anymore. Right? For example, if I were to uh, throw the toy, uh, throw the duck toy and it goes for the catch and maybe for the third time and then he gets tired and doesn't want to play anymore. Then I will stop only at two. Right? I will stop only at two, two throws and then I will go and pick up the dog. Uh, pick out the toy where he will likely to you know engage in the game where he will tap against my toy Hey, Pupster. Welcome to Train Your Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter. Train Your Dog Podcast is a new doggy podcast on education, animal learning, behavior modification, and dog training. Train Your Dog Podcast focuses on helping your puppy to make sound decisions. Good decision empowers your puppy to enjoy freedom, and with good decision, gets your puppy a good and rewarding reinforcements. Pups promote positive interaction with animal, and pups your companion for life. We are back onto the tip of today segment. So today we are talking about the secret of having a great start to your puppyhood is to manage and maintain routines of play, bonding, grooming, building trust exercise with a puppy. The so-called off time are great session, learning to read, the, to read the pups, understand what motivates them and how to engage in play to make them happy and to be involved in play time. Hey, what's up? Thanks for joining me for Train Your Dog Podcast. Uh, this this series uh, has um, faced some uh, delay due to the fact that uh, you know, we are I'm rather busy in the in these few weeks. Uh, therefore, apologize for the late recording. Therefore, unable to publish in time on Monday. Uh, nonetheless, this is the question and answer section uh, that I have always thought I wanted to put in place. To help uh, our dogs and our uh, owner how they can manage the dog based on the frequent asked question that they have this will be able uh, this segment will be able to give them a baseline and where they can look out for and how they can improve uh, managing their dog in terms of training right so the first question uh, the first uh, Q&A question is should the puppy continues tugging when they are changing teeth but that's a very excellent uh, question uh, from uh, uh, Janice, who is from Malaysia. Uh, I think um, for puppy who are changing changing their teeth, uh, it may be a 
delicate question down here because uh, you know as the as a pubs you know they their growing teeth will be pushing out to replace their you know their puppy teeth their milk teeth therefore it's a is a natural process that the the teeth will be out will be replaced in a sense right so when it comes to playing uh tugging which is a a skill set that i think that most uh, owners should uh owns it uh, because it's a skill set that enable your dog to really understand that the only way to continue playing is to play with the owner right not play with the dogs not play with the toy right play with the owner because the owner is where the funds begin owner is where the funds end right so therefore uh, look up to the owner and your fund will be continuous therefore uh, tugging is an important exercise where we teach our dog restraint control uh, what we call attention drive and things like that these are all critical stuff right so when it comes to puppy thieving uh, my point is maybe we should think about uh, using a toy uh, tuck toy that maybe it's not big of that's not made of plastic right i remember uh, when my puppy is very young i used to uh, play tuck toy with the plastic um, what we call that frisbee right which are bad toys uh, to use for thieving puppy right because uh, the plastic is so hard uh, it may cause the teeth to dent it may also injure uh, the growing teeth therefore i will suggest that you do not use anything plasticky right you can use the cloth type of tuck toy uh, you can use those uh, rope type which is very good uh, you can also use uh, anything that is uh, of rubberized uh, which is a very good grip for the puppy to really apply and I think the rule of thumb for puppy is really to uh, slow down your play, uh, not to go into too extreme, uh, not to what we call not to fly the dog around uh, uh, the perimeter where sometimes lifting up the dog uh, and to really bring it in circle can be quite uh, what you call um, hitting the, the teeth very hard in that sense. Right? Therefore, it may damage the teeth. So therefore, I would say that okay, we play uh, in a very... Uh, light manner when we do a few tuck and the dog tucks the puppy tucks maybe two to three times and we let the dog wins right and then when we will play this until and then we have seen the puppy tea has changed then we can then uh, engage back into the in the game of tuck toy maybe with more intensity uh, more uh, approach and more uh, uh, what you call that uh, 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 more determined to basically to build the drive for the dog right so that that is what i would think uh, that would be important uh, for a uh, a puppy uh, to 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 what to do when they are continuing uh, playing the top toy when they are changing teeth. Let's look at the second exercise. Uh, the second question, the uh, Q and A. Here we are talking about what are the top ten exercises, uh, which we can teach our puppy, uh, as we are training our dog for some dog sport. So in this aspect, uh, maybe we look into dog agility. Well, here are the 10 exercises that I think is good for us to prepare our puppy for the, for the skill set. Uh, the first exercise that I will do is always the pick-up game. Right, so pick-up game is a very interesting uh, exercise that I learned from Judy Daniels. Right, so here we talk about the pick-up where we built on the what we call the uh, start line stay. We uh, get a dog to line up uh, before the jump and sit on the left side and we give a stay command. Right, and then we will walk across the, the bar jump to the other side and then we use our closest hand and the leg and we use uh, the, the guiding hand and then ask for a touch. So the dog will then release from the uh, what you call that from the seat position and it comes in goes in between the two upright and then comes to your hand and hit it. 
right and this is what we mean by the pickup exercise so means we that means we are teaching the dog how to set up as a, as in a solid slide uh stay at the same time we are building the dog uh, from some restraint control at the same time we want the dog to drive forward right with intensity to hit your hand right and this can be done uh, after a few repetition you can do for example uh, letting off the dog uh, on the left hand side you can set up right now the dog on the right hand side and then you can do like maybe uh, things like you know, on the move, you know, emotion. And when you release the dog, the dog must always be only released upon your command and not because uh, of your of your motion, right? So that is quite critical, right? So the second exercise that I'll be always looking forward to do is what I call the forward momentum uh, exercise. Uh, in this exercise, what I will do is that I'll teach my dog to drive forward. Uh, in between maybe uh, one or two drive, uh, one or two, two bar jumps and, uh, and then after they go through the bar jumps, uh, they will be going forward in in, in dance and, and drive to basically pick up the toy, right? They will go for the cue, uh, they will be satisfied by dissecting the toy, uh, you know, shaking the toy, you know, like they, are, uh, they, they just caught the prey and things like that. So what we're trying to do is to, we want to build this uh, forward momentum uh, exercise where we want the dog to basically go through first uh, with the uh, one jump, drive forward for the toy and then we can place with two jump uh, without the bar jump of course, we are putting it on the ground because we are talking about puppy right, so they will drive to, uh, they will run through two jumps and then drive forward to the uh, to the uh, to the toy right, uh, then we can go for three jumps and I think that will be the maximum I would do right, and I will do in two format right, one is to release the dog at where the dog is and the next will be to release the dog where the toy is right so therefore we want the dog to uh, lift the handler and drive towards the bar jump and then goes for the cue right and the second exercise where we want the dog to remain in the start line stay and drive forward through the bar jump and then hits where the handler is and pick up the toy uh, again for that great reinforcement of play right so that's what we want to do Right, so for the third exercise that I would suggest you to do would be the tuck, uh, the tuck toy. The tuck toy is something that I think for uh, all agility dogs, uh, you need to possess that uh, because that gives you a very handy uh, ways to uh, reward your dog. You know, if let's say you go to the ring and then you only have your leash and the leash can be used as a tuck toy uh, to basically, you know, keep the dog attention and things like that. So the tuck toy is something that we want to do. Uh, we want you to keep uh, uh, the dog focused on the toy, right? So how do we play the tuck toy, right? Or obviously, uh, the rule of game is always to make the toy scare, right? Meaning to say that uh, never let the dog play until they don't want to, don't want to play anymore. Right? For example, if I were to uh, throw the toy, uh, throw the tuck toy, and he goes for the catch, and uh, maybe for the third time, and then he gets tired and doesn't want to play anymore, then I will stop only at two. Right, I will stop only at two two throws, and then I will go and pick up the dog, uh, pick up the toy where he will likely to, you know, engage in the game where he will tuck against my toy, where I will play maybe for a good, ten second, twenty second, and I will call it a day. Right, I always want the puppy to uh, look out forward for the next game, so that they will always be engaging coming forward. Right, so uh, that is the the trick of game that I think I need you to see whether you can. Uh, put that in, in place and when you can able to teach your dog how to move forward for that right so the next uh, third exercise that uh, the fourth exercise that we'll do uh, that we'll be practicing will be the left and the right turn right the left and right turn are critical skill set because you know when you are running into dog agility uh, sometimes you know your dog can be far away from you behind you 
or it can also be far away in front of you. Therefore, you need to have a skill where you're able to ask the dog to maybe turn left or turn right so that he can look forward to the next obstacle where when you give a command, let's say go, he will go for the, uh, uh, it will take on the obstacle and complete the obstacle uh, with, with uh, 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 eagerness and flow, right? So that's what you want to achieve. So the left and right turn becomes a critical exercise, right? So I will do, how do I do my uh, left and right turn? Usually I will pair it with uh, the tuck toy. Uh, once a dog is very eager to tuck my toy, I will be asking the dog to do a left and a right spin uh, before I reward the dog. So I can start with the dog tugging and I turn the, the toy, uh, uh, go around the dog and, and basically bring the dog uh, uh, leftward clockwise and then the clockwise back to myself and continue to to, to, to engage that tongue, right? And after a while, I can ask the dog to drop the leash uh, or that drop the duck toy and I ask for the spin again, the left or the right uh, turn. Therefore, uh, then I will reward that again. So that is the uh, one of the quickest way to, to build the left and right turn, uh, which I uh, have uh, some of the what we call the uh, videos that is available on my uh, YouTube channel, uh, which is Pups Jamming Studio. So if you're interested, you can search by Pups Jamming Studio, right? And then look for the left and right turn exercise that I have done with my dog, right? So you can learn how I can do that uh, with the left and the left and the right turns, right? So the fifth exercise will be what I call a recall exercise, right? Uh, recall exercise, uh, maybe a obedience exercise, but I think it's critical for us to do uh, in agility because we need the dog to really be a good good at recall right every time when i call the dog is supposed to spring back right so that is the idea right so for recall you always will like to do what we call the two foot game or the two toy game right uh, again uh, the two foot and two toy is uh, uh, make available through my youtube channel uh, you can again uh, visit pups uh, jamming studio and search for two foot game i believe you will see many of my clients uh, that is practicing or working on the two foot game, right? So the two foot game, uh, the gist of the exercise is basically to teach the dog to drive forward to you as they come, they come with the intention that they know that you are going to turn your body and you toss the toy or the foot to the other end. So therefore, the dog will come in terms of recall at a high speed driving towards a body. Eventually, you will turn and throw the toy outward, right? So the dog will drive through you and away from you to grab the toy and we will start over again with the recall. So that uh, would be a very excellent exercise uh, for us to build that uh, brilliant, brilliant recall, uh, which is necessary for agility. Right, let's look at the sixth exercise. Right? I will basically call it a station exercise or a target exercise, where I would like to teach my dog targeting. Right, they can target on the dish, they can target on the on the toy, they can target on the, on the cone or whatsoever you want to do that, right? So you want to send your dog to a marker. So your dog is is being taught to basically drive forward to the marker and then when he hits the marker he will get his uh a ct which is the click and treat and then he will be getting his reward right so that is exactly what you want to do therefore we teach our dog to drive forward to the marker that we teach them or the target that we set forward to the dog right and then we can use it for maybe uh in the future for the go out exercise where we want the dog to drive forward uh, you know, away from us and then gets into the Weepo, you know, you have to have the capability to send the dog away with a target, right? So if you're using the target, you will be able to send the dog out to a station where the dog will maintain and at that position in order to get the reward. So we teach the dog to drive forward to the to the to the station and then maintain the exercise so that you will, you will be able to do that 
right? And that will help in the go out exercise or the distance handling that we are all talking about in the advanced uh, dog agility uh, career that you are going to go into. Right, so the seven exercise that I'll be looking at is actually the groundworks or the fundamentals uh, for the agility. Right, so fundamentals uh, coincidentally spell as F-U-N, fun, then mentors, right? So basically, uh, it is all about fun. So here we are talking about doing the groundwork, meaning that there is no obstacle, there is no uh, um, uh, anything that is with you. Basically, it's just your body language, uh, your, your hand cues and things like that. Uh, so what we want to do, we want to practice things like our front crosses, uh, our rear crosses, our blind crosses. You know, so this can, all can be done, for example, like I'm running the dog on my left and then I do a, a front switch uh, into the dog, right? So I switch the dog from the right to the left in that sense. So the dog will come now to my right hand side, right? And then I can that, do that again, right? So basically, uh, with this groundwork, basically what I want to build the dog uh, actually is the attention of the owner, right? So focus on the owner. The owner will basically proceed on with some... Uh, interesting exercise such as the front cross, such as the real cross, uh, the blind cross, and also the post turn, you know, things like that, which is part of the basic handling skill set that you need to have uh, in the agility. And I think uh, this groundwork is super important, right? So we want to teach the dog, uh, especially when we want to uh, uh, basically drill that, that muscle memory to the dog where the front cross is, is just the execution when the handler bends and switch into the dog, right? So the dog needs to also make that turn and meet the uh, meet the handler on the other side of the of the body, right? So that is quite critical. Uh, you you can also think of it like for example, like two of us are, are going for lunch and I'm standing on the right side and you're standing on my left side and we're going ahead, right? So as we walk halfway, what I will do is that I will turn into you and I'll just talk to you and I say, okay, maybe uh uh uh. uh you know, talk halfway, I will basically uh, make a U-turn and I will walk backward, right? I will walk towards uh, the, the, uh, from, the, from the side that we are coming in originally. So I'm sure that you as a friend or as, or as a colleague, you will turn and follow me. That's how you practice the front cross. Uh, so usually we practice that with, uh, with our friends and colleagues when we go out for lunch and things like that. We can do the front cross, we can do the rear cross. Uh, we also can do the post turn. <laughs> so we can all practice that using uh, in our daily life and that will be something that you want to do. Alright, so the eight exercise uh, that I think that's critical would be the jumping grip that uh, I'm talking about. Uh, some, some of them will be called the Cavalati uh, jumps or, you know, to the, to the sort. So what we do is that we line up uh, uh, maybe a set of uh, three to four jumps in a sense. Uh, in uh, in a close proximity, right? And I want the dog to basically to uh, run through all the bar jump, right? For the first intake, so that I want the dog to drive all the bar jump and then gets the toy at the end of the third obstacle, right? So uh, as I move the crop, uh, the the bar jump closer, you know, even maybe to a a feet or uh, one meter or even lesser. So what I want the dog to know is to where this time is where I put on the bar jump, maybe at the lowest, uh, maybe uh, six inches or even four inches height, right? And I want the puppy to basically to leap over, teaching the dog how to strike, teaching the dog how many hops do I want the dog to take in terms of the bar jump. So let's say if I put two, I want the dog to learn how to bounce jump. So basically he take off on the takeoff plane and then he will jump over the first hurdle and then he will land at, a, at, at the landing plane after the first jump 
where he will continue bounce forward and jumps over the second jump. So this is what I mean by bounce jump. Bounce jump means that you will not take an extra strike in between obstacle. So by doing so, I teach the dog how to bounce and that's the way I want the dog to learn uh, how much effort they will have to take, how much uh, where's their, you know, the, the ability to uh, understanding what is the height, what is the distance, uh, what is the strike that they need in order to uh, get balance, to jump over that hurdles. Uh, with absolute control, right? Therefore, as they are, as they gets better, then I will be moving the jumps uh, even further away, like you know, two feet, three feet, four feet, where the dog uh, will again learn how to bounce jump, right? As it grows bigger, he should be able to do the bounce jump over the three set of hurdles uh, with no difficulty, right? And eventually, I will go to maybe three meter, four meter, you know, where I want to teach the puppy to really uh, to do that. Uh, 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 that the what you call it that one hop, right? If let's say the puppy feels that the in between the two jump is too too big, then I want the dog to really learn how to collect the strike, right? If it's too if it's too strike, then he has to know there's two hop that he needs to collect his, uh, his his feet again. He needs to goes into the takeoff plane of the next obstacle, and then make that jump, and then make sure he clears the bar and it lands with no uh, uh, difficulty or effortlessly to jump that two-bar jump. So that's the exercise that I want to do uh, for teaching the dog on the jumping grip. Right, so the ninth exercise I think is critical uh, for all dog agility people is the warm-up exercise. Right, the warm-up exercise is something that I think all of us should, uh, should take note. Uh, for example, for any uh, athlete before they actually goes for the game, they will have a good warm-up session to warm up the muscle and things like that. So that's what I will do with my dog. There are five things that I will do. Uh, first thing is that I will make the dog run uh, continuously for the next maybe 45 seconds uh, to a minute so that I can warm up the dog, you know, in a very slow pace. But I want the dog to get into the uh, strike, right? Uh, I do not want the dog to walk. I want, I do, doesn't want the dog to trot. I want the dog to gallop, right? So basically, I want the dog to uh, start moving into a faster phase and then gets into motion so that I will have more blood flows to the muscle. I will have more, uh, you know, uh, the dog is more aware of their feet and things, you know, their, 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 their awareness of their, uh, of their body and things like that. So that is very critical. Right. So the second one we will be looking at would be uh, basically doing the tuck toy again. We want the dog to flex their muscle as they bite so that they can strengthen their core muscle. Uh, they will build the back, they will build their, their jaw muscle uh, that will also uh, allow you know um, uh, blood flow into the body where we will prepare the dog uh, uh, for higher uh, energy sport right so where the dog engage in the high drive uh, exercise uh, you know the, the pulse rate will increase therefore we allow more blood flow uh, more uh, up height in, in, the, in, the, in the heartbeat and then we get the dog uh, highly arose and to be able to then still again listens to you right so that's what we want to do so second one is the is basically a tuck toy right and the third one what we do is that i will massage the leg right so basically i will fold the legs in a position where i will massage the muscle for a while right and then eventually the fox exercise what we are doing is that i will be doing the left and right turn right just to get the dog to uh, again gets into gets into ready for some left turn some right turn some 360 degrees turn, some 180 degrees turn, uh, some front crosses, some rear crosses, you know, some blind crosses together with me as a warm-up exercise. Right, that will do uh, the treat for the warm-up. Right, and then the last exercise that I will do is actually after you do the warm-up or you have finished the agility exercise, then we look into the 
cooldown, right? So same thing I will do. This time I will uh, goes into a trot, you know, eventually after that 45 seconds, I may go all the way down to maybe just, you know, just walking, you know, in the circle. Then I will bring the dog even to a lower pace where I will massage again the muscle to lower, uh, to release the any uptight uh, of the muscle build up. You know, in the in the in the exercise, and then eventually, you know, I will also do things like get the dog to do maybe a bow, get the dog to basically do uh 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 again a left and right turn in order to uh, get him to uh again stretch the exercise. You know, and also I may end with a very light tuck, you know, so that I can again ask the dog to flex the muscle so that the dog will basically to. Uh, to again to consolidate uh, whatever uh, stress that they have built up, you know, in terms of that, uh, you know, that that fun that is coming out with, with the exercise that they are doing at, right. So that's something that I want the dog to pay attention to, and then with that, uh, we can prevent uh, uh, any dog um, injury that we we see in the in the sport, right, which is quite uh, common, right. So that is uh, that's what for the what they call that the exercise, uh, the ten exercise that I will do. Uh, to teach uh, an agility dog. Now the third uh, question, the next, the, the third Q and A question is when can I take uh, my dog for a jog or a puppy for a jog? Right, that is a very good uh, question uh, down there. I think first thing we need to uh, first study the breed uh, of dog that we have. Uh, is it a uh, a sport breed? Is it a you know a working dog? Uh, is it a herding dog? You know, is it a utility dog, or is it a you know a toy dog, or is it just you know uh uh, uh you know just a uh, just a lap dog and things like that. Therefore, uh, that will give you a very good indication whether your dog is suitable for going for a run with you, right? Uh, you know, since we are talking on puppy, so therefore, uh, we must then looks into what we call the grow plate, right? So what is the grow plate? The grow plate basically is a cartridge, right? Basically, it's holding on uh, to the muscle uh, that's growing on the muscle, the holding uh, holding on to the bones, right? So this is uh, what we call the grow plate. So the grow plate will usually close, uh, you know, when the dog reaches about 14 to 16 months of age, right? Therefore, uh, for those uh, working dogs, uh, for those um, dogs that uh, you know, uh, with high energy like the Border Collies, Australian Shepherd, uh, the Cattle Dog, uh, the GSD, uh, the Malinois and things like that, right? So they are so active, right? So therefore, they are not suitable to go for a long jump, right? Because uh, as young as they are, you know, the growth plate are really not ready to close. Uh, when we say the the growth plate is closed, it's where they have finished growing. That's what we mean by uh, close, right? So therefore, you need to be fully aware that you know any excessive exercise will basically causes the growth plate uh, not to uh, not to grow properly. Therefore, unable to close uh, uh, in a in the manner that it's supposed to be. And now you have a dog that has some uh, uh, injuries such as uh, hip dysplasia, shoulder dysplasia. You know, uh, things like that, which is can be a long term, uh, trauma and detrimental to the dog's health, right? So therefore, we need to take a look at that, right? So uh, our suggestion is that if you have a puppy, maybe you can go for a very general one kilometer walk. Uh, when I say walk, it's really just walk, you know. And when you see your dog is basically, uh, uh not having much of the problem, maybe you can go up to you know, uh, 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 uh two click. That's the max I would think you should do. And no jogging, right? You should be only on a walk, 
sometimes breeze walking can also be a, a toll onto the dog, right? So depending on again the breed that you have, uh, I think you need to uh, do some homework, go and Google about the dog, uh, whether is it a, a suitable dog for you to go for your your jog that early. Well, I'm sure uh, uh, you like your 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 jogging partner because of the IPPT that we are talking about, right? The two point four that you have to run. Uh, especially in Singapore uh, for all the national service guys uh, but I think uh, if you have a puppy let's leave them at home right so let's go for a 2.4 jog and when they reach of age let's say 14 to 16 months that's where you can bring them you know for 2.4 even more right I used to uh, run my dog for five click and they are they they, they, they last the five click or they are sometimes they, they, they don't even feel the pinch right that's because uh, as they grow older the growth the, the growth plate has closed uh, they are in a better shape where they are able to then be a very good uh, jogging partner to you, right? But in the later stage, which is not when they are in the puppy, right? So I hope you understand uh, the point down here, right? is sponsored by Pups Dog Training. Pups is a positive dog training school. We train dogs from puppy to advance. Pups Training currently focuses on nurturing, training, educating and motivating our trainers to better equip themselves with skills, knowledge, experience to ensure continuing education and keeping abreast with the field of dog training. Our flagship programs include online cyber puppy training, life skills, dog obedience, behavioral modification, private one-on-one -on -one home-based training, and dog sports. Fourth question here we are talking about is where do uh, my pup uh, why do my puppy uh, choose on everything right so that is the next question um, again we need to look at the uh, the breed of the dog you know uh, are they a working breed uh, working uh, working dog or are they a herding dog uh, you know utility dog or are they a basically a lap dog uh, or a, a toy dog in a sense right uh, if you look into the history of the of the canine, uh, they uses their mouth for everything, right? For for hunting, for playing, uh, you know, for you know, for even um, uh, expressing uh, frustration, uh, addressing uh, uh, you know, uh, anxiety, or even get themselves uh, doing their using their mouth or boredom. These are the things that the dog uh, are using that. So we being a human, we uh, I think we has to be fair. Imagine uh, if you have a Jack Russell Terrier, like this Jack Russell Terrier has been barking, uh, twenty four by seven, you know, in their century old, uh, uh you know, uh, breed line that they have, uh, where they goes to hunt for the rodent, uh, the snakes, and they will be barking and telling the you know, uh, uh the hunter together, uh, where they found that 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 rats or that you know that that rodents and things like that the snake that they are hunting for so these these dogs are so used to uh, using their mouth 
uh, they used so used to barking and things like that. So if you were to immediately thinking just to shut their mouth up, I think that would be relatively uh, unfair, right? So therefore, uh, again, uh, again, again, if you were to study the breed standard, I think you will be, you have a relatively good uh, idea of what type of dog you have and what kind of uh, thing that you need to do in order to satisfy that need so that they will not use it uh, uh, to bite on something that you don't want to, right? So here, the solution is to give them some toy that you allow them to bite and not let them bite on uh, everything uh, around your house. Okay, so let's go to the fifth question. Right, the fifth question is, uh, please help, right? My puppy is biting anything and everything. Right, so it's like the uh, question number four, we talk about chewing. You know, uh, I guess it's the it's a similar question, right? So I think I addressed that. So you can uh, refer to the question four uh, on chewing. It's the same thing with biting, right? And that is the way that we can help you uh, to address that problem. Right, so uh, question number six, right? How do I stop my puppy from chasing my kids? Uh, this is a very important question, I guess, uh, for people who have kids, uh, toddlers that are, you know, uh, five years or six years and below. Uh, these are the, these are the uh, kids that are already uh, running and jumping around at home. And if you have a dog that basically, if it's a herder, right, then you are into a, a, a big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> because herding dog will basically will be rounding up your kid. Uh, he will be using his mouth, you know, to nip them and things like that, or chasing them, as they are like chasing the uh the sheep, right? So these are the important things that you need to know. So right by again, uh, googling about the breeds of the dog is a is a good start. Having to know what is the breed is bred for, that gives you a very good understanding of what the dog is used to do, right? So how. So how can we stop uh, 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 our puppy from chasing the kids, right? So I think what we need to do is basically teach teaches the dog uh, what is the restraint, right? And again, uh, divert their, 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 their chasing instinct to something uh, they, they will want to do. For example, uh, you know, they, they went for the fetch of the toy, you know, they went to, uh, you know, uh, uh, chase the frisbee, you know, uh, they, need, they, they went to... Maybe uh you know go for uh a nose work exercise where they start searching for things that will also be a good um exercise that you can build so that your dog can learn you know how to stop chasing your kids right and I think the important thing down here I guess is all about uh supervision right so never leave your kids and the dog alone when you know that you are having a herding breed so you have a German Shepherd a Malinois a Border Collie a Cattle Dog. Uh, I think you must be there all the time to make sure that uh, the puppy uh, does not chase your kid, right? Uh, or start nipping your kid. So therefore, you need to have some control, right? So maybe a restraint exercise is something that I think uh, is a must for all, right? A containment plan is something that I think is also good for you uh, because when I talk about containment plan, is for example, you have an exercise plan, a pen, uh, you have a play pen, you have a crate that is inside the play pen. Uh, these are very good... Um, ways of putting the dog aside so that they can get into their own cozy corner you know to rest uh, against their frustration uh, to cool them down so that it doesn't continue to you know to allow their their uh, uh, their feeling to keep flying you know which is very intensive and that will cause the dog to basically very quickly get exhausted and sometimes burn out right so therefore uh, we need to be careful on that Right, so a containment plan is, is not something that we are talking about 
like a cruel thing to do because the containment plan basically provides the puppy a area where he can retreat and then gets to somewhere that is safe uh, where he can hide himself inside the crate or, or around that playpen where he can then uh, resort, uh, 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 find a place where he can rest you know and get himself out of trouble right so this is a very good um, uh, ways to basically uh, learning how to stop uh, your kids you know from being chased by your puppy let's look at the question number seven right can my dog uh, get along with my cat right so that is a very interesting um, problem that you have uh, first of all i think we need to understand which uh, species does come into your home first right so in this context maybe it's easier for us to say that okay you have the cat first and then you're bringing in a puppy right so for uh, for that kind of purpose i think you need to basically use a crate uh, to create your puppy right so that he will be inside uh, uh, that plate uh, that, that crate and then allow your cat to roam around what you can do for cat is that i think you can raise his uh, aerial exercise to a high ground area where he can put uh you know his uh you know where he can put some high skilling thing that he can actually climb on top uh maybe on top of a cupboard and things like that where he can look down at your puppy and not being uh bothered by it right so these are the ways that you can allow your dogs or your cats to retrieve off at the same time you teach your puppy to to get used of seeing the uh the cat around the house and not chasing them right so uh, so the containment plan again comes uh, for the puppy you might want to use a crate uh, for your cat you might want to allow them to be on the higher ground so that they can learn uh, that they, they are never in the same uh, proximity where uh, in the same level in that sense therefore they are not in absolute uh, uh, direct danger right when they see a puppy right at the same time uh, we can do some what we call a classical conditioning uh, where we will feed uh, the puppy you know when the cat is around so that we want the puppy to end of the day to have a good association uh, of the cat at the same time we also will feed the cat when the puppy is around therefore we want the cat to also to uh, exhibit that that good uh, feeling when they see the puppy right and in the rule of thumb is that for example if when the dog sees a cat and the puppy the puppy sees a cat in a sense and it will just like uh, you know uh, no much of reaction you know they are not going to start chasing the uh, the, the cat you know therefore i think uh, in no time you're able to get uh, the puppy sensitizing against the, the the cat or the cat sensitizing against the dog right if you uh, were to see that your puppy is growling uh, your cat is hissing and they start to chase other uh, that will be a more problematic things that you will be getting yourself into but however uh, these are all uh, you can be uh, managed in the sense like as, as I mentioned the early part uh, you can raise the the area exercise for the cat to be uh, above ground you know and allow the puppy to be only on the ground right so uh, that will help the dog to feel safe and the cats to feel uh, basically uh, in control of their own environment right that will be able to address that issue the eighth question right how do i stop my puppy climbing out of the playpen uh, that is a very interesting uh, question right um, if your dog can climb out of the playpen typically it tells me that your dog is really a climber right and if your dog is a climber i don't think there is much thing you can do to stop the dog from climbing right so if there's a case that i will be start using the crate uh, as a primary 
uh, containment plan, right? As I, as I say again, right, it's always better uh, to get into a prevention than a cure, right? For example, if your dog start, uh, if your cat or your dog start climbing the fence, and imagine you are first thought you would be thinking of maybe I can buy a, a higher fence, right? And what happens if your dog learns how to climb on the higher fence? Right, that can be very dangerous, especially when most of us are staying in a high-rise building uh, where scaling a fan can be sometimes uh, detrimental right? or basically uh, it can be fatal. Right, Therefore, I would suggest you that yeah, in order to not to allow your dog to continue to scale, right, the containment plan becomes one of the key importance for you to teach your dog. Right, uh, You do not need to climb. Right, You just need to stay calm. And you as an owner will periodically will be given him a free playtime, right? You allow the, uh, the dog to come out, uh, the puppy to come out to have a good uh, time to socialize, uh, exercising uh, with the family members, uh, with the other uh, dogs and cats that you have in the household, right? And that will actually stop that behavior of climbing, right? So that should be something that you should be looking at at this point of time. So the next question, right? at what age can I bring my puppy to the dog run? Uh, if you have seen my uh, blog post uh, on the dog run, you will realize that I'm not a very uh, firm believer of the dog run, right? because uh, during our course of study, we realized that dog run is an area where most dog fight occurs, and it always occurs on the entry of the dog run. Uh, normally, you can usually you can see it's in a dog run, uh, you already have some uh, very uh, frequent uh, park goer, right? Therefore, you have already the herder, you know, the protective dog, they are there, you know, uh, you also have all the aggressive dog, you also have all the instigator that is around uh, among the means. And I will always think that uh, having a new puppy, I may not want to introduce to them where they start to learn. Uh, you know how a herding breed will will act when you see them. Uh, how a protective dog will act when you see them. Uh, how a you know a instigator will always creates uh, a, a, a you know um, a situation where where it becomes it will becomes a intense situation where the the, the emotion will flare and things like that. You know. Uh, therefore, I really not a keen believer of bringing my puppy for the dog run. Right, so if you really have to exercise your dog, uh, what I suggest you to do, maybe you can bring your dog to a big field. Uh, get yourself a 15 foot long leash uh, where you can allow your puppy for uh, a free run around the area where make sure that it's uh, safe from tra uh, traffic. You know, where with the 15 feet or the 20 feet type of leash, uh, your dog can really run freely. You know, and also uh, the other thing that you can do is to go into a puppy class. You know where you will be able to again meet with uh, various breeds of dog, uh, lots of puppy for you to play, a lot of play time, a lot of socialization time, uh, a lot of exposure that is being given in the puppy class. Right, that would be a better approach than to uh, go to a dog run, or even bringing your dog to a daycare. Right, will be something that I think you can look at, uh, because the daycare provides an uh, a good area uh, for your dog to basically. Uh, get used to the environment you know know some new uh new dogs and then you know and what to do uh with when they are basically in an environment that uh with full of dogs you know how they should um uh, you know behave how should they uh you know interact with each and others uh, proper, uh dogs out there so they learn how to uh you know to, to fend for themselves they learn how to get into the good books of each other uh therefore it's an incession skill that they they will get right uh, and you realize that in the in the daycare, 
because there is always someone there to look after your dog, uh, unlike a, uh, a dog run, uh, where usually you realize that uh, the, the puppies are just left there, you know, running, biting, chasing each others, where the owner are just maybe, you know, are there chit-chatting away from themselves uh, without really giving a good um, attention to their dog, right? So, so there's something that I, I do not really like about, about a, a dog run, right? Yeah, so that's something that I think uh, we should be uh, paying more attention on, right? Okay, let's look at the next, uh, our last question, right? Because I think we are already into the 40 minutes uh, of the podcast. Uh, maybe I will uh, arrange uh, another segment, you know, to, to go through the rest of the question that I have. Okay, so let's look at the last question, right? So this is something that I think uh, all of us... Uh, 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 that we always feel right. The last question is right. What what should I do when my puppy growls at me, right? So that is a very uh uh important question that's being posed down here, right? Uh, first first thing first, uh, I will always want to know at what situation, uh, uh when your puppy growls at you, right? Is it because you are meddling with his food, you know, when he's eating, you purposely go and take away his bowl that he growls at you. Or maybe you are touching some of the sensitive area from the puppy where he starts to growl at you. Or when you actually uh, allow the puppy to retreat under your sofa and you try to reach down and to grab the puppy out. You know, that's where he growl at you. You know, or when you're sitting on the couch, your, your puppy is on the couch and then you want to step in and get your seat and the puppy growl at you. So these are a few of the areas that I think uh, why the puppy uh, will start growling at you. Right, uh, I think it's something that is not good. You can actually uh, really need to look at what is the actual uh, uh, triggers that is, uh, that is triggering this, this growling. Right, um, you know, if you're understanding, uh, you know, the, the ladder of aggression, you realize that the growling is basically is a very first layer of uh, expression, right? So whining, growling, basically is a warning given to the, uh, to the third party to tell us that uh, the dog or the people that it uh, doesn't like uh, this current uh, uh, situation uh, please back off you know don't continue to do that to me because if not I will be escalated right therefore uh, from the ground all the way to a bike that there may be many things that can happen before the final bike comes into play display right and uh, and we can actually take this as an opportunity to basically teach us the dog right uh, you know the puppy you know why he should not growl at the owner Right, so let's take an example uh, where the puppy grows at you when he's eating. Right, so in real fact, right, nobody will go uh, uh, go to the puppy and just grab his food away. Right, so uh, the rule of thumb is that when the puppy is having the food, let him eat in peace, right? So not, do not go and meddle with his food. Uh, of course, uh, you may hear or you may read from many articles that will say that uh, you should always teach your dog to exchange food from you. Yes, that is when we are doing the training right but not during the meal time right because that is something unnatural to me if you ask me as a trainer right who will take your food away from you when you're eating in a in a in a uh in the hawker center right nobody will do that right therefore if you do that the dog will have to kick in what he thought what he will be thinking of is that you know the defensive mode that you're stealing his food and then he had to react by protecting his food that's where aggression gets triggered right so for uh guarding of the bowl right let's not Go and disturb uh, that bowl, right? So that is something that you want to be um, uh, ready to do at 
the other thing you can also think about is what we call the trading games right the trading games is very important uh what i mean is the exchange of the toy uh basically what i will always teach my puppy to do is that okay uh you have a you know a what you call that a uh uh you know a chew toy in your mouth uh if you were to let go the chew toy in your mouth i will give you something even better maybe it's a high value treats maybe it's a tennis ball that you like you know so what i will be teaching the puppy is to always look into exchanging right if he's willing to exchange one for one he let go one i will give him the other one so the puppy uh, will grow up believing that actually when they let go or release something back to the owner he is going to gain something better right so therefore he will be more willing uh, to do the exchange game uh, to be able to allow you to do so right so let's go back to the next one uh, let's say if the dog is sitting at a couch and he grow at you when you are sitting Right, so such 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 puppy. First thing is that I what I will do is that uh, no more couch for him. Right, so the couch will be a out, uh, you know, our our area, uh, you know, our rich place that will not allow the puppy to do that anymore. Right, so I will again, uh, send the signal very straight to the dog. You know, you, uh, you know, you have no right to stop the owner from sitting on his chair. Right, because you will be sitting on the ground. Right, and when it pop, when the pups comes to you, uh, when you're sitting on the on the couch and he's willingly just sitting, uh, below your feet and doing nothing, let's praise him, right? Let's reward him because that is a very good behavior that you want your dog to exhibit, right? So all these uh ways that you can help your puppy, uh, to uh to uh to stop, you know, growling at you, right? So these are the things. Let's say uh, then the other thing would be like you're touching the sensitive area of the of, of the dog. So in the sensitive area, sometimes it can be pain, you know, some abrasion, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, some some growth or something then. Uh, in that case, maybe uh, you may want to uh, reach out to your veterinarian uh, where you can look at the sensitive area uh, to see that is there anything that the vet can, can help to eliminate that pain, eliminate that, uh, what kind of inflammation where the dog will then be uh, comfortable for you to touch the area uh, that is affected. Right, that can be addressed by veterinarian, right? And of course, you also can do that in terms of training. But I guess if it's a pain, right, let's seek the doctor, right? Because the doctor will be able to help your dog to uh, relieve that inflammatory uh, issue, uh, to stop the pain, and then eventually heal of that, you know, that that affected area, right? That will be a long-lasting um, solution rather than teaching the dog uh, to to abstain against it, right? Okay, cool. I think that's all I have for today. Right, I think we are already at the 46 minute mark and I thank you again uh, for sticking through uh, uh, this Q&A question. I hope that you will find it uh, relevant. I uh, hope that you will find it uh, interesting for you to hear uh, from what we have to say uh, to this podcast. Right, so uh, I just want to ask you a small favor. Uh, go to our, uh, you know, our podcast and read us, right? Give us five star review, right? Uh, because we are also I also in need of reinforcement therefore uh, please go there and give us a good review so that people those, those new owner or people like you uh, who are who just own a new dog uh, will be searching for uh, searching for such information such um, you know such uh, ways that they can basically get re, uh, get resources from and they will be able to search of search for us in the easier format right uh, or you can tell your friend who have a dog you know, let them come and hear from us from uh, our train uh, train a dog podcast uh, where it's uh, it's made available every twice um, 
uh, by monthly in the, in the in the format where we will actually uh, discuss on some uh, very interesting uh, topic that we will be talking on talking about right okay cool so thank you again and i hope uh, you can join me again thank you very much bye I want to thank you for joining us for this podcast. And if you like our show, uh, please click on the subscribe button so that you will be uh, prompted with the latest episode that is available on our channel, the Train Your Dog Podcast. Right? Or you can leave us uh, a review at uh, uh, podchaser.com slash pubsg. Podchaser as in P-U-D-C-H-A-S-E-R.com. Right, and you all, you can leave with us uh, the review at uh, your favorite uh, podcast channel, uh, uh, listener, to be able to find our channel uh, when they search for us uh, over the search engine. Once again, you can find us at pups.com.sg, which is P-U-P-S. Pups has a trainer academy to nurture, train, educate, and motivate all trainers to better equip ourselves with skill, knowledge, experience, and to ensure continuous education to keep abreast with the field of dog training. Pups Dog Training, we provide Puppy 101, Pet Dog, and Dog Sport Training. And our flagship program, our Dog Obedience Life Skill Program, and also the Puppy Fundamentals Obedience Classes, and Puppy Fundamental Agility Classes. And behavioral consulting. Thanks again for listening to our podcast and we hope you like it and I'll see you again in our next podcast. Thanks. See you, yeah.